Hey folks, welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, the weekly fan by news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of fan by media, John Warren. And gosh, what a week it's been. It's not even E3 yet, and uh, I think we're all pretty exhausted over here. There have been a lot of announcements and rumors and speculations, uh, and we've seen some cool games too. Uh, I sat down with Imran Khan to talk about all of it, and I think we should get to that first. Well, folks, E3 might be around the corner, but no one got the memo because this week has been absolutely buck wild with early announcements here to talk with me about a lot of them is news editor Imran Khan. Hello. Hello, John. Um, I'm tired already. Yeah. <laughs> it really does feel like we like it's either the pre E3 week or the week of E3 yeah. or somewhere in the middle, but without the fun social aspects of it at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, with the, yeah, that's it. Eric Van Allen was talking about that on Twitter yesterday. He was just like, uh, on on Thursday, he was just like, I, I, this is all really stressful, and I won't get to see any of the people I like for you know an hour or two. And I'm like, oh, I just want, yeah, I just want it back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're recording this on a Friday morning. Uh, yesterday, Thursday. Uh, was chock full of announcements. Uh, I want to get to the most vague one first, the kind of like the ticking time bomb, if you will, the Bloomberg report about the brand new Nintendo Switch Pro, let's call it. I don't know. Who knows what it'll actually be called. Uh, tell us some of the new details we have, and then let's uh, let's chat about it. So this thing has always been a, like a thing that's been talked about in the background of a more powerful Switch that developers are going to have access to that can make more powerful games, that can output in 4K and do all those things. And everyone has just assumed like, well, Nintendo's not going to talk about it until they're ready to actually talk about it. So maybe 2022 or like end of this year or something. All of a sudden this week, a bunch of different people came up and started saying, Actually, it's probably going to be before E3 because Nintendo <laughs> wants to show this thing off at E3, which flies in the face of a lot of conventional wisdom of what Nintendo does and how you like keep selling the Switch for the long term and things like that. Yeah. So, like the Bloomberg report is probably the most key one where uh, Takashi Mochizuki came out today or not today this week and said, "Yeah, this thing is imminent. They're building it now. It is going to be ready for release in September, October. There are games that." Nintendo wants to show soon. So expect it in the next couple of weeks before they're still unannounced in undated E3 show because Nintendo has like a a long-term plan for this sort of thing, but like over the summer, they want conversation to be dominated by this thing. Yeah. So, which is shocking a lot of people to the point where people were saying yeah, maybe yesterday was going to be the day they announce it and since yeah. it wasn't now like things have calmed down a little bit but it could be really based on what they're saying it could be any day in the next two weeks yeah i mean everyone on my timeline is on like high alert about what when this is going to be announced um yeah to, to to your point it does make sense i guess that they want to uh, give uh, developers E3 week a, a, a way to show things off without, I guess, the question being asked, like, hey, this is running on a more powerful machine, right? Um, I, it makes sense. Uh, do, do you get any sense of maybe what's coming down the pipe that might be announced that might actually use this technology? So 
when Capcom had that ransomware leak, yeah. there was a bunch. There were a bunch of things there that like did not necessarily have homes. <laughs> so it, there, there was a title, a Resident Evil title, that based on how Capcom has been putting out. Uh, Resident Evil games and how they've been announcing them recently, I would not be shocked for that to be one of those games that they're talking about for the Switch Pro or whatever, especially yeah. considering how well Monster Hunter has sold that system in the last like month and a half. Yeah. So I think that would probably be a logical one. Breath of the Wild 2 is a very obvious, like this is what is going to be launching the Switch Pro. If not launching, then at least headlining when that game comes out. Mm-hmm. There was when they when we saw, saw Splatoon three for the first time, that game looked a lot better than Splatoon two. <laughs> yeah, which, <it> did. <laughs> which it could mean like that it was uh, just better technology over better time, or it could be hey, this is actually new hardware with a better uh, mm-hmm. resolution, just a little bit early. I I think those are two obvious ones. Uh, a couple of obvious ones. They also announced recently the Pokemon Legends release date. They yeah. very crucially did not do so with a new trailer or new footage or anything like that. They just <laughs> put out a press release saying, "Hey, it's coming out in January." Uh, they they heard would, us clowning on it. They heard us <laughs> clowning on the 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 fifteen frame rate that they showed yeah. off. So yeah, based on how that game looked the last time we saw it, I'd assume that's a game that is, <laughs> if not compatible, but at least like made for the Switch Pro. Yeah, it's got to be optimized. I mean, so we could jack that up to twenty eight frames per second instead of fifteen <laughs> or whatever. Very um, cinematic feel. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I don't really. It is such a bizarre strategy for them to just to just, you know, say, hey, well, they didn't say it, but to, to hear this report that it might just kind of drop, drop this in, in our laps in the next couple of weeks. But does that maybe speak to the fact that they're not treating this as a pretty big step above the Nintendo Switch? It's hard to like even the NX being the Switch was such a weird thing for them right. to do. Sure. Of like there was nothing until one weird uh, October night they just had a tweet saying, hey, we have a reveal of our new console tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? And it was just like a, a small trailer of people playing games on rooftops and then nothing for three more months. Yeah. Like, so I'm not sure. Nintendo is kind of marching to the beat of its own drum. So it's hard to say whether this is a big deal for them or not. A, I will say that like something with a, a new screen replacing the old Switch and also can't output in 4K is going to de facto have to be a bit more... Uh, powerful than the yeah. existing Switch and how that leverages games that are already on the Switch that at the moment are very very much leading in the direction of dynamic resolution and uh, dynamic frame rates. I could see like just having more power and more overhead helping a bunch of old games and presumably new games just by being different, more recent hardware. Yeah. For fun, because I know it's not going to be called the Super Nintendo Switch, although it should be. What do you <laughs> think it's going to be called? So Amazon put up a listing last night, and I, I'm very clear this is probably just speculation on Amazon's part because sure. they don't want to be flat-footed. But they called it, I think, the worst name I've ever heard, the new Super Nintendo Switch. <laughs> uh, which is just like, that's trying to cover entirely too many bases. <laughs> I'd assume they're going to call it something like New Switch or Switch Pro or like switch home or something like that like that would be the logical answer for me if you go by based on what they call the smaller switch the switch light logically they'll go with that same kind of naming scheme yeah for a second or a new iteration of the switch but i i don't see them calling it switch pro because like i can see why sony did that 
because there's a little bit of uh, qualities there. And also Sony treats their consoles like they are like big SGI workstations. Right. So a, a switch pro like an or, I'm sorry, a PS4 pro, like an iPad pro makes sense. Yeah. I don't see Sony or Nintendo going, Oh yeah, no, this is a professional switch. <laughs> this is not for video games. This is for professionals. Like it's, it's fun shorthand, but it, I'm, I'm guessing like, switch home would be the lo- the logical answer for me switch home that's interesting i kind of like that i i i am one of those i i agree that i think like amazon is speculating they often put up those those posts and and there's usually some major detail that might be off with it um once the actual product comes out but um I, I, the cynic in me, Imran, thinks that it's going to be like the new Nintendo Switch because, because I, they've already done it with new Super Mario Brothers. They've already done right. it with like all these other things that become this, this, uh, to me, a joke almost as soon as they're announced. But like, I don't know. Nintendo's never really been swayed by what we think, I feel like. So, yeah. I mean, like, <sighs> Switch is a very brilliant name. Yeah. For what that it system was. is. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they fall. Like 3DS is also a brilliant name, but then suddenly you look at it, it's like, oh, the new 3DS doesn't have 3D. What what is this (laughs) thing called anymore? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not outselling all my previous consoles or whatever. So what do I know? Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, we are on uh, edge, uh, frankly, about when that announcement is coming because we'll have a lot to talk about then. Uh, in the meantime, we heard a lot of new information about the Dragon Quest series this week in a uh, a stream, a simulcast and simultranslated stream, which is very interesting detail we can speculate about. Um, what did what did you learn from here? What what did you come away with? You know, what were you excited about after this presentation? So the. The things I was most excited about for this thing were two things that were not announced, because I assumed it just based on the history of Dragon Quest that, like, we were probably going to see a new Warriors game. We didn't. We were probably going to see a new Builders game. We didn't. Which makes me think either those are just in development or, like, maybe Koei Tecmo is just too busy to work on them right now. But mm. those are those are two spinoffs I expected. When they started the stream, they said, hey, we have six games to announce. As When you... Like doing the mental math right there, I'm like, well, of course, one of these is going to be Dragon Quest 12. So that's like really five games. Then they started off with a Dragon Quest puzzle game called uh, Dragon Quest Keshi Keshi. So I'm like, well, that's not what great. That's taken one of the slots already. But that is a, <laughs> a mobile match three game that will eventually be released internationally. So people can look forward to that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they then immediately went to Dragon Quest 10, which ga- since this stream was, as you mentioned, simulcast and uh, actively translated by like translator watching yeah. the stream and tr- dubbing over it, which is a weird decision. But I guess as someone that has Lake Square Enix stuff this week, I can understand why they did that. Cause they didn't <laughs> want to have a recording just sitting around. But uh, the that fact that it was English gave me some hope. Like maybe they're going to talk about bringing Dragon Quest Ten to America. Yeah, they they ha- were doing trailers for it for like I want to say ten minutes, and then. Uh, at the end of the trailer, they just put up words saying no plans for international release, which is what a weird and cruel thing to put there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really get it. I mean, it's like, you know, you do the simulcast thing and I, that seems to me to be a commitment to saying, okay, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do a lot of stuff like the Yakuza series kind of uh, put forth recently, but yeah, they kind of pulled that rug out. 
but it, I mean, to be fair, also, this was the only thing that they did bother to say, hey, we're not bringing this up, up to America. Right. So don't yeah. even worry about it. Just ignore this part. Everything else, they're probably like they went out of their way to say this is a worldwide simultaneous release. Like pretty much except for the puzzle game, that's staggered somewhat. But everything else <laughs> is simultaneous. Uh, after that, they did show Dragon Quest Ten offline, which is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It is that game, but with like a weird... Um, like that Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition kind of look. Yeah. Of, it's just the story of Dragon Quest X, but an offline version. I'm guessing they got complaints at some point saying, hey, I really love Dragon Quest. I'd like to play this game, but I right. don't want to pay for an MMORPG. Yeah. That I could theoretically see coming to America. They did not say so. Right. But they said, it, like, uh, they said that there would be a release in 2022. It would be surprising to me that they don't use as an opportunity to put that game out on modern platforms in America, but yeah. we'll see. They were very vague about that specifically. Sure. Uh, and the next game was Dragon Quest III Remake, yeah. which is, I think, the most actually exciting thing. John, I know you're not a fan of Octopath Traveler. I'm not. I, I, I don't think that look works, but I will admit I it looks it looks fairly charming in this in this remake. Yeah, it is uh, in Square's literally patented HD 2D style. Uh, so it is a remake of the game that looks like a an HD SNES game which is i think this is the third remake of Dragon Quest 3 or the yeah, fourth maybe something but like, like that. it it is the it is a big deal in Japan this is this is the game that started the rumors of are the the apocrypha about oh they can't release Dragon Quest on a weekday cuz people would like leave work there's <laughs> yeah. like there's yakuza side quests that are about this game coming out like this is a big cultural touchstone for gaming in Japan so they also, Hori kind of mentioned or blurted out or maybe like uh, I accidentally said it's unclear how much it was scripted, but that they also want to do Dragon Quest 1 and 2 after yeah. this. He just kind of said that. He was just like, yeah, yeah we want to do this. I mean, that, you know, I, the 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 suggestion to me being uh, like whenever someone does something like this is, Hey, go out and buy this to prove to everyone that this is something we should do. But I don't know. Maybe that's cynical. Like, the comedic timing of PR off screen whistling at it, like literally blowing into a whistle <laughs> to stop him makes me think like, Oh, these are totally big green light. What are they Cause you wouldn't just mention it. Yeah. It's, it is that thing of, if you want us to support more, or more of this series, please buy this game, mm -hmm. which has happened so many times where I know for a fact there are already more games in development. But this one, who knows what they're saying, but I don't think they would have had a person off screen or PR person off screen with a whistle if they thought he would like say something that they actually have not greenlit yet. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to, to our producer Jordan Mallory's point, Dragon Quest 3 has been released on Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Game Boy <laughs> Color, mobile phone, Android, iOS, Nintendo 3DS, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and now it's being remade. So that is, I mean, it is a big cultural touchstone. You're right. So yeah. I get why they're doing it. Uh, they're also releasing Dragon Quest Treasures, which is a 3D puzzle platformer starring some characters from Dragon Quest XI. They didn't really go into a whole lot of detail about what that game is. Yeah. To me, it looked like Captain Toad, but who yeah, knows? It did. They did one of those things of like, it's an RPG, but it's not at all an RPG. I'm like, that's completely unhelpful, but thanks. <laughs> uh, and their actual final re th reveal was the Dragon Quest Twelve title and logo. So the game is called Flames of Fate. Yeah. The actual like logo treatment is literally the Dragon Quest logo over a 12 that's made of like scratched out flames. Yeah. It's, it looks kind of like, it looks kind of edgelordy 
to be yeah. honest. It's weird. They described, or Hori described it as Dragon Quest for adults, yeah. which has, Ugh. I've noticed, given people a lot of pause. Yeah. They are, a lot of Dragon Quest fans and, you know, Fairweather fans and stuff like that are like, it's, this is, this looks like they're trying to go for more of a Dragon Age kind of thing. Like they're trying to westernize the game oh. a little bit. It is hard to say. This might just be like what they're initially showing, and then we're gonna see like, oh, this still looks like Dragon Ball kind of thing. Like, yeah, we don't. Re- they did say they're looking at changing the command system, which has yeah. been a Dragon Quest stalwart for thirty years at this point, right. thirty-five years because it's the thirty-fifth anniversary. So i I would be shocked if they changed it too much because they, right. they did say they're keeping it as a command system. It's not suddenly going to become an action RPG, but they. Making any changes to it usually results in people getting very, very mad. Yeah. So they, they're they still prototyping them, which may speak to how early the game is, or honestly, you could drop in a battle system fairly late in development and it would not affect the rest of the game all that much. Right, right. So who really knows? But yeah, that's... they. Hori emphasized the idea of choices, which makes me think that's not... He doesn't mean like narrative choices for the characters. Yeah. He means they plan to actually make a Dragon Quest game that is more, in in that narrative for, sense, more like Dragon Age or The Witcher. Right. Of yeah. You actually get to choose, you know, the path you're taking or... Sure. Like, who lives, who... Like, that kind of thing that we were all amazed about at Mass Effect 10, 12 years ago. <laughs> right. Like, finally coming to Dragon Quest. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes, I think. I think it's so, it's so, it's so strange because, like, I don't have any sort of insight on how the big internal teams at Square Enix work. Um... And so, you know, my, my hunch is that they're not super interconnected or dependent on one another. So, like, the Final Fantasy teams aren't really paying attention to what the Kingdom Hearts teams or the Dragon Quest teams are really up to. But it's like, it, it does intrigue me that Final Fantasy 16, which we've seen a little bit of, um, looks like The Witcher, frankly. I mean, it looks like a, a and I'm going to use some words that I think are, are, becoming obsolete and also I'm going to using loosely, but it looks a little bit more like a Western RPG to me. And so mm-hmm. it, it would be very interesting to see dragon quest 12 go in that direction where I, you know, if I'm running that company, I'd be getting awfully nervous about saying, okay, one of these is like, both of these are going to be these kind of gritty Western RPGs that come out and the same, you know, three year release window. Like that would kind of scare me. I don't know. I don't know how you they- feel about it. They've made some plays to make Dragon Quest more Western over the years. Yeah, that's and like, true. I think Eleven is a good example of what they thought Western people wanted, which was a console JRPG that is like looks really nice because it did look quite good on PlayStation yeah, Four. Pretty. Yeah, and then like it didn't really like it. It sold okay, especially like when once like the the Switch version, all that were came out internationally, but it didn't. I think hit the mark they wanted to hit. So I think Square Enix is like sitting there being like, why is Monster Hunter doing so well? Why are games like Yakuza (laughs) doing so well? Yeah. And ironically, Yakuza, as it became more popular in the West, became more like Dragon Quest. So (laughs) I, this is a whole weird Ouroboros here, but like, I think they're confused of what did they get to make this game sell well? Cause I had an, I had an interview with the producers once. And I was like, why do you guys not think this sells well? And they came back to me with the same question. Like why do you, like Dragon Ball is popular in America? Why isn't Dragon Quest? And right. I think that series just has such a reputation now of being a very old school JRPG where you, I, I think the grinding reputation is way beyond it, but it's mm-hmm. not like, I think people look at Dragon Quest and think this is just going to be a, 
hundred hour RPG that does not change much the entire game and is more mostly about picking like attacks off a menu. <laughs> and I think they are trying to figure out how do we get rid of that? How do we shed their reputation at least for one game yeah. and then see if we can get some actual mind share from it, which I don't think that'll ever work. I don't think you can change dragon quest without fundamentally changing it or right. uh, just like not just giving up on the West as a major, like it's not going to sell 14 million copies here. It just, it's probably just never going to happen. But again, stranger things. About, if you ask me, 10 years ago, will Monster Hunter ever be big in America? I'd be like, of course not. And the number of changes they had to make to make Monster Hunter big in America are fairly minuscule compared to the way a lot of games have westernized over the years. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Like maybe it it is just an example or a all a matter of just pump up enough production value into it and eventually something will break. I mean, no matter what, Tim Rogers is going to talk about it for 15 hours on on his YouTube channel. But can you imagine <laughs> if he if he, if they fundamentally change Dragon Quest? Holy smokes! Um, it, it'll be a big boon for his Patreon. It'll be. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it really will. Um, uh, speaking of Square Enix, I, we can take a really quick detour. Uh, you did break uh, a rumor this week about uh, uh, Final Fantasy Origin, which is uh, super super bizarre. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah, that is a, for people who did not read the news story, it is a Final Fantasy game being made by Team Ninja, or the part of Team Ninja that made uh, Dissidia NT, which is the third Dissidia game and like was not very well liked. I think Dissidia fans disliked it because it was not that, or it was way too different from previous Dissidia games. Yeah. And people who weren't Dissidia fans were like, this is way too simple. So I, I don't think... Like critically, that game did that well, yeah. but apparently it did what like Square Enix is happy enough with it to have Team Ninja work on what is apparently an action game spinoff with some of the core people from the Neo team to make a like a game set in the Final Fantasy One universe, which I have I, I put didn't put this in the story, but I I heard it was a prequel, but that's not like that's Super speculative. Good. Yeah, that's speculative. Yeah, right. I don't know who like if that's for sure or not, but. It sounds very interesting. It sounds like exactly what I think Square Enix should do with the Final Fantasy license of, hey, you guys make this really cool game. Right. Would you like to use our license to make something like it? Yeah. And I I don't think it's going to be exactly like Neo because Neo is an extremely hard and very inaccessible game for a lot of people. Yeah. But it will be probably, it'll have that similar DNA enough for people who like Final Fantasy to be like, okay, yeah, I I could jive with this type of genre. And and they've got they've got some stuff built into the Final Fantasy uh like <laughs> pastiche to like to to play with that difficulty with like major optional bosses or like what you know stuff that like is pretty standard in Final Fantasy games. I can see them playing with it, you know, in that regard in Neo uh like gameplay without making the entire game too hard. But yeah, like they're yeah. going to have to definitely tone it down if they want uh, a lot of folks playing it, but like Team Ninja making a game about like presumably like chaos and the crystal and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. That sounds kind of cool. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that, that rumor. So hopefully we I played hear about a, it at some point. I played that first game a couple of years ago again, and there's a lot of stuff in that. Like if this is a prequel, there's like a bunch of points in history yeah. that are like really interesting in that game that are just like badly translated and hard yeah. to get to. Like they but just like, left stuff on the table basically. Like we're just yeah. like, okay, like we can revisit that stuff. That's pretty good. 
Like there was a an ancient civilization that was sci-fi yeah. before it became a fantasy thing. Right. So like there was a I forget like the world was flooded at some point and that became a major th- like point of that game's history. So there's a bunch of it feels like if that game were made today, they'd be like, oh yeah, clearly they made this for DLC or a spinoff or something. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's exciting. Uh, we watched the uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West uh, gameplay reveal uh, this week together. Talked over it. You can go see that over at youtube.com slash fanbite if you want. Uh, but what did you think overall about what we saw from uh, Horizon Forbidden West? I think it... It's okay. It's very hard to temper my expectations for, or not temper, to relay expectations on this because I feel like there's been a generational difference between the last Horizon game and this one in terms of time span. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a generational difference of a game necessarily. (laughs) And like, I don't want to trash on this game because I'm sure it is probably going to be a very good game because Horizon was a very good game. Yes. But it looks like they went. Okay, we can for this one we can add climbing and we can fix the melee. Yeah, and I'm like, well, okay, that's great, but I bought a five hundred dollars system. Yeah. Like, what is what is what are you doing with it next? And the answer is probably not that much because it is a cross gen game. Yeah. So like, I do think they did put in the work to make that thing look a lot better on PS Five than I'm assuming the PS Four version looks. Yeah. We have not seen the PS Four version, so it's hard to say, but. Like one of the things I thought was interesting about Horizon is there's all these bird-like robots you can't take over because I just wanted to like get on one and fly right. over the, the fly over the horizon as it yeah. were, and they I think Gorilla said at one point like oh no we can't do that on the PS4 like that just too much. that would break the system, yeah. and I'm kind of wondering like do they do that here because that is a gameplay thing that theoretically you could do with the SSD. It's one of the things they showed off with Spider-Man that moving faster lets you like, you can stream data faster on the new console. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to do that with, here with the new ratchet and clank. Like all that stuff is loaded apparently. And like, you can just move between these worlds. I mean, there is opportunity here from them to do that presumably, but how much of how much are they planning around PlayStation four? kind of stuff i don't know like it's one thing to like have better lighting and better textures and another thing to be like well we can't do this gameplay element because this old system's still on a hard drive and does not have a great processor and all that yeah you brought up a really good point during the uh the 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 stream yesterday um the the first game really wrapped up nicely like what what a nice game that was from a narrative perspective i couldn't help but watch that yesterday and think gosh, it'd be nice if that team could make something else. And it's not that like Horizon is bad because I like that game. But there again, this is a, a futile, impotent thought to put out in a games industry that only seems to care about these like big temple sequels. But like I did get the sense of like, where are we going with the story? Did you get a sense that they, there was something clear there? Yeah, they like they described the story a little bit saying like, Alloy or Aloy and Erend were like trying to solve the disease that was the blight. now spreading west. And I'm like, I thought we solved that. Yeah. <laughs> that was I thought that was the point of what we were doing in Horizon One. Like, like they did have that Lance Reddick like uh stinger, post-credit stinger in the first yeah. game that like set up a sequel. And like I remember be watching that and be like, why? Why did why? we need that? We yeah. we've de- literally defeated the one villain the story has set up. Yeah. We don't need to like try and figure out the rest but that's it's a weird thing where based on what we know about how sony develops games it might actually have been better for horizon as a game to come out 
and be not as well liked as it was because then it would have been the singular thing with no post credit stuff, like no sequel bait, <laughs> nothing like that. Sure. Because like Days Gone sold very well, but they decided not to go with a sequel because the game was not as critically well liked as yeah. other Sony games. Right. So the fact that you had a game that was very self-contained and very on its own, had a very good three-act structure of the beginning, middle, and end that wrapped up very well. And then it gets a sequel because it also, because everyone loved the way the beginning, middle, and end worked, <laughs> that they have to make a sequel because of it. It's, and it's just a, it's just such a strange thing of, okay, am I supposed to like this game less so we can have a new thing right. that you can also stretch your legs on? Uh, it's a it's a weird, it's a weird hole. It's a deal. weird double-edged sword is there anything else on your radar this week or, or coming up that you're uh, particularly excited or intrigued by uh i was as we were recording this watching the far cry stream in the background ah. uh that game looks like far cry again yeah which i don't know how many more times they can pull that <laughs> i mean for like, me for me my my trajectory with that franchise is I heard a bunch of people I really respect love the second one and never played it. So I picked up the third one, played that one to death, but then bounced off way, way off of everything else that series has done. Yeah. Um, so I'm also very uh, interested, I guess, would be a kind word of like, how did they keep this going? Um, how does it look? It. It seems like I said. It just it seems like Far Cry. It looks like the, the technology's improved. They're trying. They seemingly are trying to go for like a more serious tone in the story. Of sure, they have a uh, that guy whose name I do not remember. Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito, who is also not Hispanic, so not him playing Hispanic. A Hispanic. Yeah, they, they saw him playing a character in Breaking Bad, and we're like, he does a <laughs> he does a great uh, South of the Border accent. Which, by the way. I might argue against a little bit, but whatever. Uh, yeah, he's in it. And they have him playing like a a leader of a banana republic that you are a member of revolution against, which is like, okay, you want to go for a serious tone. I get it. But then also they showed off a weapon where you're shooting CDs. Like, <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. Like Revolution X. And <laughs> I think totally... They're not really nailing whatever they want to nail. Because if, if if you're trying to convince me, like, oh, people are dying in the streets in this revolution. Also, I'm killing them by shooting a compact disc at them with this makeshift gun. And my dog is named Teresa, which is a cute name for a dog. Yeah. But tonally, I don't think they're, they're already at that point where, remember when Far Cry 5 was revealed? They're like, this is what, we want to tell the story about fundamentalism in America being a dangerous cult-like thing. And then the next trailer was, Yeehaw! This is not like this is fun times and co-op adventures and all that. Yeah, like th it works for them because Far Cry sells well. Sure, but man, it's just contributing to that same Far Cry problem that yeah. they have every single game. Of you don't really seem to know what kind of game you want to make here. Did they put a release date on that thing yet? Uh, yeah, it is. It's kind of weird, right? October seventh, and they delayed it a week, right? <laughs> right. So in the February <laughs> earnings call, they said it will be released. The day before October and September 30th, which is, I guess, because that is the end of their quarter. Sure. So all they really did was push it from one quarter to the next, <laughs> like just a week, which I imagine probably some like fancy financial thing that makes sense to investors and people who have like ties with dollar signs on them. But 
everyone else is like, okay, I just just wait a week later. I mean, depending on depending on their reporting schedule, which I can look up at a later time, <laughs> uh, it's it's either a show of faith in the game or a complete lack of it. So it'll be really I'm, interesting to see which one it is, but I'll look into it. Um, Imran, we're going to have a really busy next three, four weeks. So mm-hmm. uh, drink a lot of water, um, <laughs> get some sleep. I'm going to try to do the same. Uh, but yeah, I you will probably be back on the show and all over our Twitch channel and YouTube channel talking about a lot of things news. And if you want to go to fanbuy.com, you can see all of this stuff there. Imran, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Sonic Hive, where you at? How you feeling? Come sit down with me. And you can go slow. You can just take it easy. It's no big deal. You've had a big week. Uh, we have a lot to talk about in the Sonic universe. Uh, Sonic team held a Sonic Central stream this week uh, to talk about everything Sonic to celebrate the 30th anniversary of this beloved franchise. Uh, we heard some cool stuff and some unexpected stuff and some expected stuff. So let's go through it. Uh, on June 23rd, there will be a digital concert featuring uh, orchestral songs from Sonic the Hedgehog as well as Rock Band Crush 40. Hey, that's on June 23rd. Um, hey, did y'all know that the 2021 Olympics that are happening are called the 2020 Olympic Games Tokyo? Um, because they were supposed to happen last year and then COVID kind of canceled it. Um, there are still calls for the Olympics to be canceled again this year, but as far as we know, they're still happening and they're happening in Tokyo. The official video game, which usually comes out uh, whenever there is an Olympic event, uh, there will be a Sonic skin in this game. So it's not a Sonic game as uh, he and Mario have sometimes appeared in Olympics games, but uh, he will appear in a, as a Sonic skin and he is like a human sized Sonic. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Sonic's also coming to Two Point Hospital, which is a hospital sim that simulates the realities of the American healthcare system. So Sonic can tell your sick loved ones that they've run out of rings to pay for their service. So I want to thank Colin McGregor for that joke. It's very funny. Uh, also, Sonic the Fighters will be a playable game in Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to uh, Yakuza Team's game Judgment. That's going to launch on September 24th. Sonic the Fighters will join other games uh, in the Sega Pantheon as games that you can play in those arcade uh, arcades around uh, the city. So that's a cool thing that's a weird game you should definitely play it. it's old uh sega saturn game it's kind of funny even though this was previously leaked uh sonic colors is coming to modern systems as sonic colors ultimate it was a wii exclusive game all the way back 11 years ago in 2010 and it's been stranded on that system uh sonic colors ultimate will come out on ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch on september 7th so get ready for that sonic colors will get a series of animated shorts sonic colors rise of the wisps uh it looks really pretty i have to give the animation team credit i don't know some of those details episode one will come out this summer and it is a beautiful looking uh animated uh shorts series so uh yeah definitely look out for that if you are a sonic fan have you heard of the original sonic the hedgehog video games there were quite a few of them uh one two three Sonic and Knuckles and also uh, Sonic CD uh, back there on the Sega CD, which is a very, very good video game. Uh, That is being packaged altogether as Sonic Origins. Now, 
if you were to ask me, John, is there a way to play all these Sonic the Hedgehog games uh, already that's available to you? I would say yes. There are actually very many ways you could play these Sonic the Hedgehog games, but I guess they're not all in a standalone package. I don't know, um, but that's that's for someone, a completionist, a collection, a, collect, a collector's item, perhaps. Uh, we don't have a release date for that yet, I don't believe. As far as mobile games go, there are a lot of mobile games that are out in the Sonic universe. Uh, Sonic Dash is getting a, a pirate-themed event. Sonic Forces has some new uh, content coming. Uh, uh, Classic Sonic is going to be a playable racer in Sonic Racing on Apple Arcade. Uh, so yeah, if you're into uh, mobile Sonic, there's some stuff for you as well. Uh, Sonic Prime is a Netflix animated series. It's 24 episodes. Uh, it's a brand new story separate from the games. It's going to premiere in 2022. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, maybe the most wild thing is King Ice did a collaboration with the Sonic team to make jewelry featuring Sonic Knuckles, Tails, and Shadows. Uh, it, I love the look of these. I'm almost tempted to buy them. I can't tell if it's ironically or unironically. I guess at some point it doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dark Horse is also releasing a physical encyclopedia for the entire history of the franchise, which I think is very, very cool. They've done some cool stuff before. Um, last but not least, there is a new game uh, coming to PC, PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and Nintendo Switch. It's coming in uh, 2022. There was a teaser, and that was all that we saw. Sonic was running. Can you believe it? I can't believe he has the audacity to run. Well, uh, there was a, a bit of a press release sent out uh, by by uh, the the Sonic team that might have mentioned the name the game by name. Uh, the, in the presser, it says announcing new console experiences: Sonic Colors Ultimate and Sonic Rangers. Further details on Netflix's Sonic Prime mobile news, musical events, and much more. So, Sonic Rangers was not a named part of the uh, the stream that Sonic team did. We can speculate that this unnamed. A uh, big game coming out in 2022 is Sonic Rangers, but Sonic Rangers could be a totally different thing. We have absolutely no idea, uh, but at some point we will find out. All right, partners, you ready to wrap this show up with a roundup? Thanks. That's my new character, Roundup Larry. Let's call him Roundup Larry. Roundup Larry wants to walk you through some of the other things that uh, got left on the cutting room floor with all the other stuff that Imran and I already talked about, all the Sonic news. There is some other stuff that happened this week that I still think is pretty important. Uh, Virtua Fighter 5 is a wonderful fighting game that was released all the way back in 2006. Uh, do not at me about how old you were when, <laughs> when 2006 rolled around, please. I'm already feeling very old these days. Listen, one of the best fighting game franchises in the world uh, had its last main entry back in 2006. It had some uh, additions to it with some home ports, uh, including Final Showdown, which introduced new characters and moves and stuff like that. But we have not seen a really big update with the series in a while. Uh, that is changing next week uh, with, the, uh, with the PlayStation 4 exclusive Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. It is a remaster, so it is getting a graphical overhaul with the Yakuza team. It's a joint effort between Sega AM2 and the Yakuza team. So it uses the Dragon graphical engine uh, that Yakuza Like a Dragon, Judgment, and Yakuza 6 use. Um, 
so yeah, it's going to look great. Uh, there are lots of UI changes, new music, uh, and it is starting the speculation engines about if this series is actually going to get a new entry at some point in the future. If you want to read about a uh, private existential crisis I had thinking about it, because it's one of the best fighting game series of all time, have I mentioned that? Uh, and I would very much like to see a new entry. You can check that out in my micro review uh, over at fanbyte.com. Uh, in the meantime, You'll be able to pick this up for free on Ju uh, June 1st if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, uh, or you can grab it uh, with uh, a price tag attached uh, as well. Um, but why would you want to do that? Just be a PS Plus member. It's it's easy. Um, this game is going to come with some uh, some new uh, online features, including some like league and tournament matches. The net code is still pretty much left over from the old days. So we'll see if that is uh, stable or not. Thanks to Ian Walker for reporting that over at Kotaku. Uh, but for the most part, I'm super happy to have this series back. And please join me online. Please. I want this game to succeed so bad. I'm sorry to editorialize. Ugh, okay, phew. Sorry. Uh, listen, if that's not enough of an incentive to get on PS Plus, uh, you'll actually be able to get uh, Star Wars Squadrons, the space combat game that uh, launched only last year. And it's pretty cool. It's a gorgeous game. Uh, a lot of fun to play in, in short bursts, some fun dog fighting. Uh, so yeah, you'll be able to pick that up for free. Uh, and also, if you're listening to this before uh, the new PlayStation Plus games get added, it's your last chance to grab Battlefield 5 Stranded Deep and Wreckfest Drive Hard. I know Dylan and Nikki over at fanbuyer.com definitely got Wreckfest Drive Hard Die Last. Our wonderful summer intern Janae Singh started this week and posted a few pieces. One is the news that Dead by Daylight, the asymmetrical horror multiplayer game is getting two resident evil characters to their roster on june 15th leon s kennedy and jill valentine that is super exciting news for both dead by daylight and resident evil fans alike and you know what I'm going to guess that Leon and Jill, they're going to keep their hands in this one. Uh, finally, wrapping up the roundup. <laughs> Thank you, roundup, Larry. Um, we have two, uh, two, two release dates for the new Pokemon games. We talked briefly uh, with Imran about uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, the big uh, open world kind of adventure game that, that again... Can't stress this enough. Did not look like it had a very stable frame rate when we saw it, but hey, it looks pretty cool. Uh, that is coming out on Switch on January 28th, 2022. So you've got a little bit of time there, but it's not too far away. We're we're in June, basically. Uh, but the maybe the big news for most of you is the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, the remakes of the original DS RPGs are coming to Switch on November 19th of this year. So if you want to know what to get the Pokemon fan in your life this holiday season. You will be able to pick up Diamond and Pearl uh, wherever you get your video games. Uh, if you want to hear more about the Pokemon series, you can obviously check out our review of new Pokemon Snap. That's over on the channel F feed. Uh, that podcast is really great. You should listen to them. They talk about video games a lot. And you know what? They talk about Pokemon a lot, just generally, because they all like Pokemon over there. Give that podcast a listen, won't you? Hey, 
Hey, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Imran Khan for sitting down with me and talking about all of the big announcements from the week. Uh, if you want to check out all of our podcasts, you can do so over at podcastnet.work. If you want to follow Imran on Twitter, you can do so at Imran, Z-O-M-G. Uh, if you want to follow Jordan Mallory, who subbed in for Paul this week for uh, uh, as my producer, thank you so much, Jordan. You can do so over at Jordan underscore Mallory. You can follow me at Floppy Adult. Oh my gosh, I am thinking that the next few weeks are going to be really busy. A lot of uh, stuff to pack into these episodes. So stick with me, tell your friends, subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. Until next week, you're welcome. <laughs>